0: Tuning in to the Queer Truth, a podcast that takes on a variety of topics from pop culture to everyday life. I'm Chantel C. You can call me CC, and I'm joined by my partner in organizing, Denise. Hey, velvet boys, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh snap! I'm having a girl six flashback. So we're going to get right to it cuz we got a lot to talk about. Okay. So obviously the big pop news of the week that had the interwebs shooketh is Cardi B with titties out on the Instagram, but she knows better. So she didn't let you see the TTs. She had the camera above the TTs, but the TTs were out. In an announcement in beautiful red hair and full face Cardi, full face. Full face. Cardi B announced that her and Offset were done. No, she did not get aggressive. No, she did not talk negatively about him. She said they have love for each other. He's the father of her child. She'll always have love for him. He's one of her closest friends. She'll go to him for business advice, to talk about her music. They're great partners in music. But they've fallen out of love and it is definitely over. It's going to take some time to get that divorce. But hey, it's happening. And the internet was like, what? Is this a joke? Cardi, say it ain't so. No, it is not a joke. Because what happened next was, as the interwebs do, they brought receipts. And one of those was done wrongly. Not cute. But uh, someone who had fallen out With a, what, 19, 20-year-old rapper named Cuban Doll. Offset has a type. Posted a screenshot of Offset organizing a threesome between Cuban Doll and Summer Bunny. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Cuban Doll has just, we're recording on a Friday morning. Cuban Doll has just come out to say that she was not in New Orleans aka New Orleans, as it shows in the screenshot. So leave her alone. The rest of us say, we don't care if you weren't in New Orleans. That just mean a location. You doing that technicality thing right now. Did you or did you not have relations with Offset? <laughs> Summer Bunny, over here trying to milk Hello, 15 seconds of fame, doing an interview with TMZ, nobody knows why, where she cries crocodile tears, talking about she didn't know Cardi B and Offset were serious like that. She didn't know their
1: marriage was serious. She said specifically, I did not know their marriage was serious.
0: And everybody was like, I mean, Kev on stage had a, great, uh, had a great little clip making fun of those words. So, I mean, all I can say is get rid of it. I've been wanting her to get rid of him. I didn't want her to get married to him. Hey, y'all won. Y'all won. <laughs> uh, as as I said, y'all won. No, Negro, you the one out in these streets at, acting like you don't have a relationship.
1: I predict that we are about to see a Sierra type blow up. It's What's about to get said? very real.
0: Yeah, but mm. I mean, I don't feel like that's the tone Cardi set in that in that clip where she No, it. no, 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 no. But that wasn't
1: the tone that Sierra set. All the acrimony came from outside. Sure, they had a little um custody squabble, some visitation squabble, whatever. But Sierra never hit the streets talking nonsense. It was really just about, you know, the fan, uh, the fans of, of future talking nonsense to Sierra.
0: That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of women, this is what I really wanted to talk about. I don't care about their breakup. I'm glad they're they're done. I do care about women all over the internets telling Cardi to stick by her man. Who's doing that? Who it was that? all up in the comments. Thousands and thousands of comments. People even going on their own profiles to talk about, no matter what, you stick by your man. You stay with him through his struggle you just he, he just need a solid woman um cardi is a millionaire she does not need offset she just bought her mama a big house mm-hmm. she can take care of her child she is on her career grind this is like her peak time she has to utilize this time she can't be wasting mm-hmm. time trying to hold offset down oh
1: yeah and he's about to come out with a solo album too we'll see how that goes
0: Offset is not the member of Migos that needs a solo album. Let me just say that. Oops. Oops. I don't even know which Migos. No.
1: Nah. No, you don't. <laughs> we got through I, this. I do. I we, do no, remember no. when I thought
0: Migos was a person? Yes. Remember that? Yes. So let's just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do now know which Migos he is, I will say. I know. I know where he is. But yeah, I mean, like. This like, you know, the, <laughs> this messing up your whole life and then throwing blame on quote unquote haters when you're like Johnny on the spot of it coordinating threesomes
0: right I mean we've got receipts offset like the bigger thing to do would have been to say I messed up I messed up a good thing I hope that one day you know she'll be able to forgive me I mean something but to be like y'all one what are you even talking about no one, we're getting, you, you did this. We're
1: getting a glimpse of the emotional obtuseness she was dealing with within this relationship. Exactly. I'm just hoping she on to something bigger and better. But I think, you know, kids sometimes have a, a way of, of making people be like, ah, I don't have any time for any BS anymore.
0: And so, I believe that's what happened because the very next picture she posted on her Instagram was the very first picture that we got to see of culture, her daughter. So... Mm. You know, she's like moving on, focusing on happy things. But there, there's been a lot of
1: you know, women coming out to hate women. Yeah, you know, there was a ridiculous article about Priyanka and Nick Jonas talking about Priyanka's a scammer. You know,
0: there's uh. I mean, who people why, ask? Why should I know who Priyanka is though? Like on the real, I don't. know. What? She's like Bollywood
1: famous. Like Priyanka. Priyanka is Bollywood famous like but crossover and and is the star of Quantico Chron-
0: oh okay I'm behind on that okay. <laughs> you're behind on that
1: so so she's way more famous than Nick Jonas who she's marrying who used to be in married. The, the Jonas Brothers who she's yeah who yes, she's the Jonas married. Brothers are big I don't know if you can say that I don't know okay. if you can say that but on a global scale, I think she's got it. Okay. On an American scale, maybe him, yes. But like on a global scale, who is he? And if you look at them side by side, you're like, is is he I'm her brother? No, like no,
0: what? No, no. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying I wasn't I wasn't clear on who Priyanka is. Okay. And I'm a Bollywood so, fan. But Okay.
1: Okay. So basically, um someone wrote an article in the cut calling her a scammer. Mm-hmm for tricking the 10-year her junior uh uh Jonas brother noah what's his name nick yeah Uh, Uh i'm sorry into marrying her and it was just absolutely comedy writing
0: okay first of all they're both millionaires so i don't know why she would need to scam anybody i mean their joint worth is something like 53 million so let's let let's let's settle down people also, I mean, you know, people say that about Gabrielle Union because she's 10 years senior of Wade. And I'm just like, I don't know any woman who's 10 years senior who's tricking someone who's got, like, four kids they're taking care of, even if not all of them are his. Four kids they're taking care of, that person doesn't need to trick them. That person, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that person doesn't need to do that for their lives. But this is how people view women, right? Especially brown mm-hmm. and black women. There must mm-hmm. be some type of coercion that happens to for them to snap what people consider a good man which offset cannot be considered ever i mean ever never i mean it's kind of like the question about kevin hart right how did kevin (laughs) hart leave a a solid woman as everyone keeps talking about he left a solid woman he left a woman who was with him from high school who Uh went through all of his come up because you know kevin was never cool right He was never a cool guy. You know that. Like, he makes fun of himself, but it's really clear, right? He didn't even Mm kind of get cool until he, like, discovered working out. And Mm -hmm. now he got a few muscles. You know what I'm saying? And so he left a solid woman for another woman and then claims this woman is the love of his life. And cheats on her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all won. Y'all won. (laughs) (laughs) And now... And now he's, you know, he was invited to host the Oscars and people are like, oh, I can't believe he's hosting with his homophobic comments." Yes, he made homophobic comments. Those are not new revelations. Why are you bringing up those now? He made a whole film with Will Ferrell about homophobia, basically. But in none of those articles that they talk about the fact that he said that black women can take a punch, like dark skinned black women know how to take a punch. That's what he also said. Dark skinned black women don't have good
1: credit. Uh right. light skinned women have better credit. Like it's everything yeah, about he's...
0: his personal life moving from a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. to a I don't know, does she identify as black? I'm pretty sure she does. To a, a light-skinned she black, she's Trinidadian. Mm-hmm. I, I know she's I know what she is. That's She identify. <laughs> she creole. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Does she identify as black? I didn't miss yeah. words. You think Mm. I'm not informed. I'm not you. I know what she is. (laughs) So, moving on. So, the first lady forever, Michelle Obama, is making her rounds. Her book has already sold 1.6 million copies in just a week. It's a mess. A week. This book coming. Has been out her memoirs. And she's just, hey. She is in it to (laughs) win it. People She's are the Harry Potter
1: of memoirs. The Harry she could come out with a part two. <laughs> <You're> like
0: <laughs> she the JK Rowling of memoirs. What's going on? Oh my goodness. And it's amazing. And warming up in New York, she when I say warming up, I'm saying she was practicing her tea ceremony. And in New York, she gave us just a little bit of tea where she said where she was talking about Sheryl Sandberg's lean in strategy, a book that I heavily criticized. I won't bother today. And she said, quote, that whole, so you can have it all. Nope, not at the same time. That's a lie. And it's not always enough to lean in because that shit doesn't work all the time. End quote. She did apologize for swearing. She said she forgot for a moment where she was, but that's, that's how, I mean, that's, that's just being real. The shit doesn't work. And I love that Michelle Obama said it with such clarity. Like, I have to wonder why she even apologized, because I doubt anybody in that room was gasping. This was a grown folk event. So she moved on to her event in London. Everybody who listens to us regularly will know that I'm still salty about the fact that I did not get tickets to the event (laughs) held at the (laughs) South Bank Center. Um, I told you you should have pulled the inside man. (laughs) she wasn't ready he wasn't ready okay go ahead but on you know monday december 3rd in london she is in conversation with someone who is less interesting than her chimamanda adichie also an author stop it well and she was really talking to her crowd right she who probably wasn't there because they didn't do right with tickets. But she was explaining like the problems of imposter syndrome, even after being first lady of the United States Mm -hmm. and how it doesn't go away. And that's when she said, I am now ready for the master tea ceremony. I'm serving it piping hot. She said she has been everywhere. This is her talking about why self-doubt is, is something that, we as women and we as black women need to move move through because she's been everywhere. She said she's been at every powerful table that you can think of. Nonprofits, foundations, corporations, corporate boards, G summits, and at the UN. She said none of them are people smart. She said it like that. They are not that smart. That is what the first lady had to say about all these people who run in the world. She said don't feel like an imposter because these people Are not that smart. She also said, I'm sorry. All about access. It's all about access. It's all about access. And I can tell you, I might not have been as high up as she has, but even just in my little bits and here's and there's with corporates and in Congress, she's right. You talk to those people and you ask yourself, what have you done wrong? (laughs) Why are you making eight figures and I'm making two? Right. Right, exactly. She was also really honest about um, how she, uh, certain aspects of her husband's presidency. She said she never expected for him to be the first black president. She certainly didn't think he could be with his name, Barack Hussein. Hussein Obama. And she was like, you know, I'm gonna support you. I'm gonna be the good wife. And then we can move on. And then oops, he won. So she was forced to eat her words, but she also said you know it was it was wrong it was a mistake to think that you could change history or you know bring introduce a huge cultural shift with one presidency It's not possible and the last mm. little bit that was I thought very cute because she was criticized heavily on their first visit when she and uh former president Barack Obama visited. Uh, London, the first time at Buckingham Palace, you know, she touched the Queen and it was a huge faux pas. And everyone talked about it on the news and made fun of her, you know, to show, oh, how uncultured. Everybody knows that you can't touch the Queen. I won't talk about what 45 did when he visited the Queen earlier this year. Um, and so when they were invited back in 2016 to Windsor Castle, She was very nervous, worried about protocol, you know, where to sit and where not to sit. And the queen picked her up and she was trying to get in and think about all the protocol and the queen was like, can you just get in and sit wherever? I'm not worried about this protocol. Protocol is rubbish. And I was like, this woman has been vindicated. After all that criticism when she touched the queen, the queen told her, just sit down. We ain't got all day.
1: (laughs) Well, we all all know too that the stakes are not there for the Queen. But I I like the fact that she she pointed out that this is not a meritocracy. And because I think a lot of scholars have said that in so many ways, but to have this anecdotal evidence from someone who people trust to say, okay, this is not a meritocracy. mm.
0: Why is that important?
1: Because the... The talk about it being, uh, about society being a meritocracy um, gives rise to the notion that the people that fail at that um, must be failing uh, on, on, on a personal level, on an individual level and therefore deserve whatever they get. There's this idea that people deserve whatever they get, but we know that's not true. It's not true for the people at the top and it often isn't true for the people at the bottom they do not deserve what they get. They were born into a certain set of conditions and those conditions are playing out in their lives. And so if you are in parliament right now, if you are Tory right now, if you are sitting there laughing when someone tells you that you know the working class has been struggling, um, it's probably because you were born into affluence, you went to private schools your whole life, you essentially were handpicked for this.
0: When when did we start talking about Brett Kavanaugh? I'm sorry. I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know how. He said he worked hard. He worked hard right, to get where he is. Denise, you can't be talking about people like that. I can't talk about people like that. Okay. Well, he got the calendars to prove it. So who am
1: I? (laughs) Who am I? I'm just somebody with podcasts. Yes. So I mean like hey it's 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 very obvious that we're not living in a meritocracy, and it's so toxic because we believe it about ourselves. so let's say you're having, you're struggling to pay rent, let's say your family has disowned you, let's say you're struggling with issues of mental health or uh, trying to get access to health care or trying to struggle to find a job, just everyday stuff. There's this sense of like I am a failure as opposed to this system is failing me, um and this system is set up so that I'm going to be doing certain things. Now, I'm not saying there's no personal accountability. I think that people can definitely do certain things to get it together. But the reality is, part of the reason why she did not think that Barack Hussein Obama would become president is because that's not in the cards usually. You don't find someone coming from a single-parent household, someone who's Black, someone who actually did grassroots organizing and rose through the ranks in the way that he did um, to, to actually make it like that. You expect, you know, that while they're waiting on their uh, congressional or, or presidential salary to come through, they're sitting on loads of cash so they can rent that apartment. They can go ahead and do whatever they need to do uh, because they've got all this cash that came from being born.
0: And then what does that mean? In our second segment, the Guardian thought they were doing big things this week. Oh,
1: gosh. The
0: water is wet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Guardian. Hot, hot headline. (laughs) The sky is above us.
0: (laughs) On Sunday, the 2nd of December, they titled the, the... The article, to start it all, to launch off the conversation, revealed the stark evidence of everyday racial bias in Britain. Now, what was amazing about this article was I didn't even bother reading it at first because I was like, (laughs) is this really news? Are they serious right now? And then every Black POC group I was in that is UK-based was talking about it and then one of my closest brown friends sent it to me and i was like girl do i really have to read this she was like yeah they're doing a whole week on it you week, yeah you'll want to read this article so you'll understand the rest of them (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm sorry so let me get to it the guardian commissioned a polling company icm to launch a series on unconscious bias and to get the extent of racial bias faced by Black, Asian, and minority ethnic citizens in 21st century Britain. That's how they, you know, that's how they framed it. And so the survey was of 1,000 people from minority ethnic backgrounds, but they also polled people who identify as white British to get, like, you know, to see the the divide, the discrepancy. Mm. And just to give you a hint of uh, some of the things they found, For example, 38% of people from ethnic minorities said they had been wrongly suspected of shoplifting in the last five years compared with 14% of white people. Minorities were more than twice as likely to have encountered abuse or rudeness from a stranger in the last week. 53% of people from a minority background believed they had been treated differently because of their hair, clothes, or appearance compared with 29% of white people. Now. The reason that I was kind of like, eh, is because, you know, the Runnymede Trust, which is a charity, a racial equality think tank, they already kind of do this work. So I was like, why is this such a big deal? It was a huge deal, even for black and brown people in this country. Some of the discussions that I got to observe were, for example, someone wanted to, some journalists wanted to write like a reaction piece to what Mm. came out imposed the question in the group, am I crazy? you know is it just me? Um, or is this really happening? like is this real? Are we finally seeing the evidence that we've known to be true for so long? And while you know most everyone chimed in and was like, yes, it's amazing. you're so excited, you're definitely not crazy. please write the reaction piece. Da, 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 da. There was actually a data journalist in there talking about, well, I mean we have to be careful. Because it is a small sample size and this and that and the other. And everybody was like coming at her from like an emotional standpoint. And, you know, I came into the conversation quite late and I was like, well, from a statistics in social science Mm -hmm. perspective, point of view, 1000 people is a very large sample size.
1: Mm -hmm. It is
0: like the sample size that you desire to to distribute results like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying that we have to be careful with data. Okay, but you just described yourself as a data journalist. Hmm. So why do we have to be careful with this data? She was like, I mean, it's 8.5 million people from minority backgrounds in Britain. Yes, and when do they ever poll 8.5 million people for, for any type of survey?
1: Yes, this is not the census. <laughs>
0: This is, not the census. Right this
1: is not the vote. Like what's going on right now?
0: So, yeah. But I just think it's interesting that this is, you know, this has caused so much, been the, the source of so much discussion in the country this week from mostly what I can see um, in the comments on things like Twitter, people are still in denial, white people. And black and brown people are often feeling vindicated, but don't really know where to go from here. What do you think as someone who doesn't yeah. live in the UK, but as someone who's very familiar with eh. these results? All the teas and all the crumpets.
1: Um, <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm happy that it came out. I, I'm glad that they're doing about a week on it. I'm not sure that it's going to make much of a difference, right? Um, and 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 this is me being the pessimist that I am. Yes, and this I'm, is you I'm being not even you. Yes, this is me being me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is is that discrimination is not about education, as far as I'm concerned. I don't really think that it's because people are like don't understand like right from wrong, or that you know people no, are this, being discriminated against. No, no,
0: no, no. This isn't about right from wrong. This piece specifically that I've just quoted talks a lot, puts a lot of emphasis on unconscious bias, which I find Mm. problematic. And we can talk about that. But this particular piece isn't talking about right and wrong. It's talking about unconscious bias and its negative effects on minority people or people who come from minority backgrounds in Britain. And then they went on, you know, they discussed it as far as hiring throughout the week, right? They've discussed uh, getting an apartment, right? Finding housing as a black and brown person. Um, They've looked at certain professions like police, military, judicial system, and so forth. That's the types of things you're talking about. They have not mm-hmm. talked about anyone being right or anyone being mm-hmm. wrong. They're just talking about outcomes. Like right. this is what's happening. Right. So so
1: there's something in the, the the term unconscious bias that I don't like. And it's the presumption of innocence. It, and, and, and there's something about that that I really despise because... Most people that have unconscious bias, when you get to talking about them about their social views, political views, whatever, you find that that bias
0: is not unconscious. Right, but, <laughs> they those, have... but those are two different things, right? And that's okay. They, I mean, I'm not trying to. <laughs> you get in your feelings, that's fine. But those are two different things. That's my issue with this article because it's it's saying that a lot of these things are unconscious bias, but. Assuming that a black or brown person is shoplifting is not unconscious bias.
1: hmm.
0: Right. And mm-hmm. even if even if you like go to Project Implicit, which is where this comes from, the implicit association test, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about like tests that you give people where they decide where they're going to sit in a split second. It's those mm-hmm. types of things. That's where you get really honest. And we all have that type of bias, right? Mm-hmm. We all have that bias that we want to sit next to someone that looks like us, that feels mm-hmm. more familiar. That's that's unconscious bias. Unconscious bias is not hiring white dudes because you assume that they're smarter. Mm-hmm. That's a very real and conscious bias. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, I I know, especially in, in Europe, there's definitely this, there's something about publications finally saying, oh, guess what? We do not have a racial utopia because that's what you, <laughs> Europe sells itself yeah. as a racial
0: utopia. Yeah. So the U.S. There is, this is where level, racism happens.
1: The U.S. is where racism happens. And the U.S. is used as a sca- scapegoat,
0: right? Every time.
1: Every single time. And so it's, it's this kind of uh, racial a whipping post for a lot of people uh, in Europe uh, to deflect from their own complicity in racism. I get that a lot of people feel, okay, fine. Now, especially when we want to talk about this, when we want to do studies on this, like we have some journalism that's reputable that is really trying to delve into it. And then we can build from that as fact and move from there. I get why they feel in some way vindicated by this.
0: Where do we go from here? Why is it useful? (laughs) So we have something in black and white. That's always useful, right? We have some numbers. Um, It's hard to write over a thousand uh, survey participants off as overly sensitive. But some people have done that already. Already they will. They've already done that. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's the next step? I mean, the Guardian can't just be like, oh, we're big and bad. We published this. We've done our part, right? Like, man, I,
1: they still haven't rehoused Grenfell victims, right? Like, so I, I don't know if um, a Guardian piece about implicit bias, unconscious bias, I'm sorry, um, is going to really help because there's some real acts of racism that are being carried out in the UK right now. On a, on a systemic level, on, on a top-down level, that need to be confronted, and they're still not going to be confronted. You know, Nigel Farage still has a mouthpiece,
0: right? Well, like, Nigel he... has actually left the party this week. I don't know if you read the news, but... I did read the news. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel has left, of all the people to mention in this week, mm-hmm. he's tired of the anti-Muslim focus and says that it is not doing UKIP any... Favors that is not what UKIP is about, he doesn't recognize the party anymore. He's left. He's
1: he's trying to pivot his brand and he's trying to abdicate <laughs> responsibility, and they will let him because of whiteness course. equates to innocence. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to let Nigel, you know, keep his bag and his, you know. Of course. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there, there's such virulent racism in policy. I wish that that was exposed more than the unconscious bias because it, it, the thing about it is is that when you're when you're dealing with the public, changing the focus and changing the attitude, that's not coming from those people. Like they didn't wake up um in a vacuum and decide, huh, what can I do today? They're listening to the BBC platform fascists. They're listening to that. They're listening to UKIP. They're listening to the Tories. They're listening to all the Brexit. Um uh, justifications that actually fuel this fire and that make it so that they have these ideas in their head, and they can call it unconscious if they want, because it's articulated ideas, but they have these ideas in their head, and the ideas are going to be brought out on the street and, and the outcomes and hiring and and and, and uh, presumed guilt. The what I feel about this survey and and what it shows in terms of like our daily interactions is that those are just symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's those aren't the cause. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's, that's not
0: where we start. Right. Right. I completely agree. And just to add, because I, I, I sense the tension around unconscious bias. You have to understand that unconscious bias more than any other posited theory in the social sciences over the last 20 years has just swept through mainstream, right? Like every, every diversity and inclusion training in a company will include unconscious bias. And I, and I offer them myself, right? But this is why. Because it makes white people feel good. Mm -hmm. Because it, it is across the board. Everybody has unconscious bias. And so when we talk like that, it takes the feelings of white guilt away. Yeah,
1: well, it's a a way of negotiating white fragility in any kind of conversation about race, right? Like, so you you need to be very careful of the white people's feelings. We need to centralize them. We need to make sure they're okay. And we need to also de-racialize it, right? Like, this is just a human things that humans
0: do. This is what humans do and no one is at fault no one is to blame and there's no need for accountability and finally what it is our last segment denise tell me what are you excited about what are you looking forward to oh, that's my little richard voice you
1: <laughs> what am i <laughs> shut up shut up <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what am I excited about looking forward to? It. I'm excited the, for the first time um, in the three years that I've been organizing uh, Black people in Vienna. We are having a holiday party.
0: Yay! Why taking you so long, Grinch. I
1: know. I know. I know. Because, you know, it's all me, you know, so... It's a holiday party, and we're doing it um, in coordination with Afro Rainbow Association, mm-hmm. which is a LGBTQ organization for Africans in Vienna. So, you know, those two black organizations coming together for a holiday party. I'm super excited about December fifteenth at the Rosalie La Villa. I'm so excited. So that's dope that's dope I'm excited on some speculative stuff I'm excited to see who's gonna be hosting the Golden Globes (laughs) like who who's gonna host in in place of um
0: (laughs) of Mr. Black Leprechaun who's gonna host so that wasn't the Golden Globes first of all that was oh I mean the the Oscars I'm sorry I misspoke now come on I'm decaffeinated (laughs) this is who you are
1: (laughs) like, this is who you are. I'm at peace. Oh, you a Scorpio to death. Mm. I tell you what.
0: <laughs> anyway, so... What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? So I got to see Sorry to Bother You. And mm. I'm not going to mm. say too much because spoilers. Mm. It was a very what? interesting film. Did you Very interesting. I didn't love it, but I did enjoy it. It was entertaining. Uh, Boots Riley was taking on a lot. You know, he always has as a rapper. Uh, he's he's been working on this script for a very long time. That's very clear. Some of it works so beautifully. Uh, when you think about the, the budget that they had, I have mad respect for this film and what they were able to achieve on that budget. There are some things that I would have liked to have seen play out differently. Tessa Thompson's role is a typical girlfriend role. I think they could have done more with her role. Lakeith Stanfield played the part to a tea. Um, it was very enjoyable, very entertaining. They took on a lot. They challenge you right when you're like ready for the film to end. <laughs> they give you a doozy. So you know it's it's fun to watch, especially if you like magical realism. So you have to stay open minded. And to stay with films, I you know I watched um, The Hate You Give quite a mm. while ago quite a while ago and now i decided to read the book because there was so much criticism from black people they were like panama jackson even on very smart brothers went out of his way to say you know it's hard to criticize black art because we don't get a lot of it but the hate you give is really crap and a lot of people complained about um our lead being light-skinned but in the book because everyone said she's described in the book as dark skin that's not true mm. that's not true she is described as caramel which is not Mm -hmm. dark skin. Caramel Mm -hmm. is not dark skin. And a lot of people were really caught up with that and felt like it was another example of Hollywood and colorism. And I was just like, if that is your biggest hang-up, then y'all might want to reread the book. Because she spends a lot of time describing people's skin color in the book. And there are some people who were clearly described as dark skin. And Star ain't one of them. Also, there are some other things that I understood why people were upset about. I won't, won't give away too much. But all in all, I'm kind of like, I actually enjoyed the movie more. Was, mm. The book is great. It's easy to read. It's, you know, it's written in very uh, straightforward language. But, uh. Cheers. young adult. But nah, I'm like, I don't agree with the black critics this time. The movie was good. So that makes me happy. The movie happy. was good? The movie was the good. The movie was good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I hope that it gets some well-deserved attention. Well, that's all for this week. If you would like to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter at The Queer Truth. We'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the things we've discussed today. So feel free to get at us. And if you have a little spare change, it's Christmas time. Patreon.com slash The Queer Truth. We appreciate any donation you can offer us. Until next time, peace out.